Hi, this is Bob Groves, and welcome to our Provost podcast series, Faculty in Research, once again. This week, I'm pleased to welcome Professor Durchen Cheng, the Robert and Catherine McDevitt Chair in Mathematics and Computer Science here at Georgetown. He also serves as the Senior Advisor to the Provost for China Initiatives. He was awarded the Presidential Scholar Teacher Award in its initial year, 2013. He's published six books and over 220 articles in peer-reviewed journals. He serves as the chief editor of one academic journal, Applied Analysis and Optimizations, and is an associate editor on nine more in the field of mathematics. Additionally, Durchen has been a visiting professor at 10 institutions in five different countries where he's earned numerous awards for his service and, and teaching. Welcome. I'm so happy that you joined us today. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to talk to you. I know some of our listeners are, are fascinated with how people first get the interests that motivate their work throughout their lives. And, and can you remember moments in your own uh, life where it became clear to you that mathematics, applied mathematics, had a particular draw for you? I think I, I'm good at numbers since I was very young. And um, when I was in high school, actually my parents wanted me to be a medical doctor. But however, as I don't like the lab work. And then, well, I'm sort of lazy. So I think the mathematics is the easiest way and uh, to pursue my dream and also fulfill my, my goals of my, my life during that time. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I decide uh, to choose mathematics as my major. And, and uh, at that time, do you, do you remember, was it the... Was it the ability of mathematics to apply, to, to solve practical problems that interested you? Or was it the language of mathematics and the logic of mathematics? What was it? Yeah, during that time, I have no idea about the, how mathematics apply to the real world. The only the logic and also the beauty of the mathematics that really attracted me. And also, I think there's something to do with my, my faith. I always believe uh, mathematics is the best language to communicate with uh, our creator. Oh, that's fascinating. That that the mysteries underlying mathematics and the undiscovered parts of mathematics are, are closer to God in some, right. in some way. Right. Fascinating. Right. So g- give us a sense of, of your intellectual journey, uh, your training in different fields and and what branches of mathematics became less interesting to you and, and more interesting to you over time? Yeah, I, I was educated in Taiwan. And after I finished my college, I was lucky to accept by Princeton University. And they gave me full scholarship. And I have opportunity to work with many great mathematicians in, at Princeton. And uh, that's... That was the beginning of my journey of my whole uh, research career. And I have a very good teacher, and he is a great teacher and, and a f- good friend, and also um, encouraged me a lot. And he opened a new field uh, in harmonic analysis and also 
several complex variables. And we use the method in Fourier analysis to solve a very difficult partial differential equation, which arises from several complex variables. And after I graduate, and I follow him to UC Berkeley as a postdoc, mm -hmm. and then is he, I came back to the East Coast, uh, started as an assistant professor at University of Maryland, College Park. Mm -hmm. And then I taught 12 years, uh, from assistant professor to full professors. And then is he, Georgetown gave me an opportunity uh, to come here to work. First of all, this is something related to my faith because uh, I was born as a Catholic. And secondly, I feel the student at Georgetown is a very good, excellent student we have, and that gives me opportunity to communicate, to exchange ideas with them. So that's why I moved to Georgetown 21 years ago. And the time is flying, you see, so uh, 20, this is my 21 years. Oh, that's wonderful. I, it's a great story. Go, go back to those... Uh, you, you mentioned you were blessed by having a mentor who, who cared about you. What, tell us a little more about that. What, what made that such a meaningful thing to you? What was wonderful about his mentorship? Actually, I, I know his name since I was an undergraduate in Taiwan because one of my teachers, he was sent by the Taiwanese government to Princeton and then listened to, his, uh, to my advisor's lectures and then he he took uh, the notes and then came back to Taiwan and teach the same course. <laughs> and then when I listened to that course and when I listened to his lecture, and I feel, wow, well, such beautiful mathematics actually combine all techniques in different fields, just like, hum uh, just like a symphony, use all kinds of instruments to compose a great, uh, uh, great music. So therefore, that's why I decided I have to go to Princeton and work with this guy. And then, luckily, well, he, he accepted me as his student. And then if from his uh, lecture, you can see he explained the idea clearly, and also he used all kinds of methods. And also he is the one that can explain a very difficult mathematical concept in a very clear, simple way. That uh, influenced influence me a lot. I, I decided if I'm a, I, if I'm a teacher, I will try to learn how to teach from him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he has trained so many good students. Actually, two of his students uh, receive uh, Fields Medal, <laughs> two. Mm -hmm. So I, I think if I use his way to teach, I can also train good students. You mentioned uh, in that last answer uh, the notion of uh, the the beauty of mathematics and uh, comparing it to to a symphony orchestra, I think some people don't understand that. But uh, tell us tell us a little more when you when you see a proof uh, and and it feels right to you and it's beautiful in its own way. But what's that like? What what do you what do you see in the proof? I can see the wisdom behind the proof. See, every step when we prove a theorem in mathematics, every step has some reason. So you see, the universe is created in a very logic, rigid, and simple and beauty, beautiful way. So and then, I think mathematics has something like a, a 
have something like that and uh, match see the creations and a lot of mathematics looks like very abstract but however you see they have every for for from my experience every equations has a root why we study this equation actually has something to do with the the creation with the universe and uh, so that more and more attract me and uh, start from the abstract mathematics and MC towards to applied mathematics. So your your career actually moves back and forth between pure and applied right. and and uh, I'm interested within the field of mathematics is that a common career line or do people end up specializing in in only pure mathematics or only applied or, or what what's the field yeah, well, like these days? When I was a student, there's a, a, a clean cut between pure mathematics and applied mathematics. But I, I think the, the world's changed see, in the past 20 years. And uh, I think these two uh, apply. There's no clean cut between applied mathematics and, and, and the pure mathematics because in order to do something meaningful, you need a theoretical uh, support. On the other hand, we will. We should ask ourselves, what What are we doing? Why should we doing this? Should have some contribution or have some service to the community or to human being. So that's why it uh, attract me to to move a little bit from the pure mathematics to applied mathematics. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. And I assume that the outlets for pure and applied mathematics are different. They're different journals. Uh, they're, they're different uh, ways of, of disseminating your work. Is that is that true? So you, you yeah, uh, yes, that that's true. But uh, however, I think more now more and more uh, research journals see they combine two fields. So for example, you see uh, the, the the journal I I'm one of the chief editors applied math applied analysis and optimizations. So applied analysis is from pure math, a right, theoretical point of view. But optimization actually is a lot of application to the real world. So I, I know our listeners are, are interested in how you do your work. And some of the uh, some of our colleagues I've, I've had on the podcast uh, work in groups. Some work by themselves. Uh, uh, some are very disciplined and carve out a few hours every day uh, to do their work. Others are, are, you know, gathering moments here and there to do their work. Give us a sense of your research life. How do you, uh, how do you do your work? Uh, first, of, right. <laughs> Once again, I, I would like to thank my teacher and mentor actually see because he has so many good students and then even I even after I graduate I still work with some of them and also I still work with some of my teachers at Princeton so we actually see that helped me help helps me a lot so that's uh, uh, give me opportunity to exchange ideas with those um, great mathematicians and that that's why I can produce uh, maybe 10 papers each year. And, um, and also, 
I, I, I'm a mathematician and also I'm a religious person, so my life sort of simple. So uh, luckily my wife didn't complain of that a lot. Uh, usually I go to bed before 9.30 and I woke up 4.30 in the morning and then I leave my house around 5.15. So I arrive at my office is at 6 a.m. So and then that gave me a quiet time. When my colleagues and students come to the department, I already work three hours. Mm-hmm. And then me see I can use the rest of the day to teach my class, to communicate with my colleagues and students. And then I usually I go home, unless we have a seminar or curriculum or meetings, I usually I go home around four o'clock, before four o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then me see, my, my life is very simple. Actually, so even during the summer and winter, I don't have too, too much vacations. So, so let's go to those two or three hours a day that are solitary and you're working. I, I assume at times you get stuck on something. It, it just isn't progressing in those two or three hours. And uh, what, what do you do when you, when you have an idea on, on some phase of the work you're doing and it just doesn't pan out? Do you, do you set it aside and work on another problem for a while or do you try another approach? What, Tell yeah, us about yeah, those I, moments. Yeah, I, I will not stick, stick on one problem. Usually I work three or four problems uh, simultaneously. And let me see, I thought if I stuck them, I will move to another one. And then, we'll, yeah, maybe see from when I work on the second or third problems, maybe give me some idea back to the first one. I see, I see. So two or three things at once all the time. Right. Uh-huh. right. Fascinating, fascinating. So an, an, another thing that all of uh, us and, and, and our colleagues uh, have to learn how to cope with is, is teaching and research and service. And you're, you're quite active in all three parts of your life. Uh, uh, tell us how you first learned to juggle those, those different challenges that uh, all faculty have. How, how have you worked it out for yourself that you can do all three things at a level that... Uh, Gives you satisfaction. Well, for teaching and uh, and the research, um, I think that's from the Chinese old saying: learning and teaching they benefit each other. See, that's why you see, uh, I decided to come to Georgetown because Georgetown has uh, very very many many good students, and uh, to exchange idea with them and to explain to them the difficult uh, concepts. Of course, that's a challenge. However, you can see the reward uh, when we teach. And also, they will give us some input. That really benefits uh, me a lot. So have you found that teaching gives you ideas that produces that produce the next paper or the next book? Are, is it a source of, of inspiration to you as a researcher? Uh, for me, you see, uh, I don't really directly get the new idea from uh, from uh, from a classroom when I teach my class. But however, you see, when I teach a class, that helps me to think through what I'm working on and how can I uh, put that in wording and write as a paper or a book, explain the idea clearly. Uh, that helps me a lot. Mm-hmm. And also I have some students even help me to discuss where is the mistake, where is the uh, 
uh, English mistake. So, yeah, 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 very interesting. Uh, so, so you you told us earlier that you have collaborators all over the world. In fact, I know that. Um, how how do collaborators make you better as a as a mathematician? Why why have you chosen to team up with others? What what do you look for in a good collaborator? Well, uh, as collaborators, we should benefit each other, right? And uh, and most of them are, are very good mathematicians, and they have a great idea. And let me see, we contribute uh, each, we contribute to the project, and we exchange the idea um, with each other. And then we attend conferences. Uh, well, sometimes I invite them to Georgetown to visit us, and also uh, I can visit them. So. So when you're together, you're you're working on a problem together. And yes, yes. And are are you uh, uh, do you segment the work so that one collaborator does one thing, or are you are, are you working hand in hand together at the same? Yeah, time? most of the time we work together, hand in hand. You see, mm -hmm. right? That's why that's why you see we we have to meet with each other. You see, maybe once a year, something like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. but now it's nowadays easier because uh, we can use uh, Skype, we can use emails, as it's quite convenient. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? We don't right. really, I don't really need to fly to Japan or Germany, right, to to talk. To right. right, right, right. So give give me a sense. You are uh, looking at your research product over the years. It, it's fascinating to me to see both your production of. Uh, article-length work in journals all over the place, but also this consistent production of, of book-length uh, research products. So give us a sense of how you, how, how you decide uh, when it's time to, to create a book-length product in a particular subfield. That's a good question. So when we work on a project, Usually we produce several papers because you see we cannot solve the everything by in one night. So therefore we spend a couple years and to solve uh, big problems. But that during that couple years we produce maybe five or six or even ten papers. And then we see up to a certain point, see my my collaborator decides so maybe it's time for us to put everything together to explain the whole idea. Uh, the whole subject, so that's and that's the that's the motivation to come up a book project. For example, we are finishing a book on analysis on manifold with singularities. What's that mean? So we are talking about boundary value problems, but on manifold with uh, singularities. For example, box, the box with uh, edge and also with corners. How do we deal with this kind of Problems actually, this is very practical, right? We see, we, we this kind of problem happen every day, and then we see on this on these projects we work uh, several years, and then I think we wrote together at least ten papers, and I think uh, my collaborator suggests it's time to for us to sit down to summarize or or give a systematically explanation of the whole subject. 
because uh, so many people ask us uh, this question and that question, so I named so that's the idea to come up a book. So, so these books sometimes or, or rely on already published uh, discoveries that you had, but then adds a synthesis to that in a way that creates uh, a more fulsome picture of the subfield. Yeah, yeah. and and also you see when we work on the book, of course, we will also put new new result in there. Otherwise, that's yeah. uh, not yeah. not so many. And do you are, are your books then? Uh, do you think of them as uh, having an audience of advanced graduate students that would use these as texts or, or what? <laughs> yeah, I, I think at least advanced uh, uh, graduate students uh, use that as a reference. The most of uh, most of our audience are researchers. Let me, let me go back to these uh, three uh, balls that all faculty have to juggle teaching and research and, and, and service and uh, I, I know some of our younger colleagues struggle uh, post their PhD with how to how to juggle these things uh, effectively. What, what sort of advice uh, have you found useful to give them in these initial years of their career when they when they have to figure out how to do all three of these things well? I think as a researchers, they should first of all they should continue what they uh, what they have done when they were graduate students. And then on the one hand, they also need to talk to their colleagues and also maybe uh, their friends when they were graduate students and then try to develop new research direction. And we cannot just rely on, the, on one problem, on one PhD dissertation and then continue to, to produce paper. I think that's almost impossible. We should to find, I suggest uh, all new faculty members try to find a new research project and talk to colleagues, even not in the same department, right? So that will uh, widen or wider uh, scope about, uh, about research. I think that's uh, for the early stage of, the, of their career. Of course, research is the most important part. And by the other hand, you see, teaching is also very important. And as I mentioned before, teaching also helps us to be a good researcher. And good research researcher also can be a good teacher because we can we know how to explain ideas clearly and can help students also. Give us a sense of how you choose the next problem to work on. Uh, do you are you motivated by an applied an application puzzle, or are you motivated, or and or I should say, are you motivated by uh, an incomplete path in the in the pure mathematics, something that is still unsolved? Uh, how how do you choose problems? My main my main interest is is going to solve those uh, unsolved problems. I'm working on now because those problems are very, uh, can be applied to a lot of uh, different fields, especially in physics. Uh, so now you see we are working on um, uh, fluid dynamics and also we work on the even gravitational wave. Those are all, those are new see, uh, physics uh, uh, phenomena and then without very solid 
mathematical foundation and mathematical theory to support them. I think that's those are very interesting problem for me. But on the other hand, see when I work on those problems, and then sometimes if we find oh, this problem can be applied to something. <laughs> So therefore, and then I was cha- uh, spend some time to work on those problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, is I have a student, uh, joint student in computer science. So and then he he used a new new method to dis, dis- to discuss uh, to investigate a database uh, from the from um, some medical 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 records. And what kind of methods actually is it from? Mathematics from Buffalo Theorem. So I see. I help him to build up the mathematical foundation, and then he used the kernel method to study to, mm-hmm. in computer science and also um, uh, biomed, bio, bioinformatics. So actually, he published several papers in top journals. So I think that's a benefit each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the, both of those stories are. Are moving across fields. Sometimes you pick up a problem that motivates your work. Other time, your work solves a problem in another in another field. Right. Clearly, uh, cross disciplines and so. So, get, what are you working on now? What's the most exciting thing you're doing right now? Yeah, I'm. I try to finish the book on right, uh, uh, analysis on manifold singularities, and also uh, several projects. Yeah, I will continue to work on this bioinformatics problems because there's so many problems and so many data. And also Georgetown, I think Georgetown gave us excellent opportunity and also good environment to this kind of research. Well, I'm so happy that you were able to spend some time with us today. This has been absolutely fascinating and, and thank you for thank being you. with us. Thank you so much.